you are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach, and although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Tim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the 400th episode of the Author to Authority Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Thompson Pinder, and I'm here today with John Lusher, and he's going to help us celebrate this momentous occasion. And for once, I am not going to be doing the interviewing. No. So John's here today. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Uh, To interview me. So John, why don't you take a moment? I mean, you've been on the show before. You are a treasured part of the Author to Authority podcast. But for those who may not know you, take a few minutes and just introduce yourself. Absolutely, Kim. Thank you for for inviting me back on. It's it's always good when somebody asks you to be on their on their podcast or their live stream or whatever it is. But it's even better when they ask you back. I consider the second ask the most important because that means that you either did something right or you didn't do anything wrong so it was one or the other <laughs> now i'm happy to be here i'm john lusher i am a digital marketer by trade i guess you would say i'm the social buzz lab we build buzz for brands we build buzz for entrepreneurs for professionals depending upon you know what they're looking to accomplish with either advertising marketing or digital media we consider ourselves kind of a digital first marketing agency That doesn't mean that we don't get into traditional forms of marketing, traditional forms of advertising, because we do. And we have some clients that use those day in and day out. But as we know, I mean, this medium that we're talking about here, it's digital audio video type first anymore. So that's where we specialize in working with brands and professionals to to really manage their digital media and to manage their social media. The the easiest thing about social media is getting started because it's free to sign up. The hardest thing about social media is keeping it going because it's time, energy, and effort. And quite honestly, a lot of professionals, a lot of brands just don't have that time to devote to it. A lot of companies have small marketing departments or a marketing person, not a department. And that's where we come in. A lot of times we work with existing marketing teams or companies that don't have marketing team or department, and we're kind of their marketing arm, so to speak, almost almost to the point of like a fractional fractional CMO. But mostly it's just working to supplement what they may have in place or fill those gaps to where they don't have that person on staff. So enjoy doing it. It's been doing it for over 10 years now. And the thing that we all know, especially about digital media with the recent introduction of threads is it's an ever-changing, ever-evolving, 
sometimes madden, maddeningly frustrating median. So you know, we try to help keep the sanity level in check with, with our clients as they try to work through and, and utilize digital media. Well, audience, first of all, I can tell you, John has helped me with quite a few things. He knows what he's talking about. Also, John, you forgot to mention something really important, so I'll just mention it here. Okay. John's episode was chosen as one of the uh, top that's right. 25 all-time author-to-authority episodes, and so played in August. Mm-hmm. And it was, if you want to hear John's episode, it's episode 396, and it played in August. So go on back and listen to it, because that was an incredible interview that we did. Just just was so powerful in terms of understanding marketing, and especially in the LinkedIn realm. And just so you know, I, audience, I did sign up for Threads, and I am using it. And I've only been on it a couple of weeks. I already have 200 followers. <laughs> it's a, it's a good medium. It's a lot of people are comparing it to the golden olden days of Twitter when it was more community feel, community based. And you know, I'm I'm glad to see that thread started out the way it did. Of course, you we've all seen a lot of press lately that oh the the usage has dropped, the new signups have dropped. Well, that's typical. That happens with every social platform. There's a big rush for everyone to sign up. And part of that is the fear of missing out. Everybody else is on threads. i got to be on threads. So there's a, a piece of that to the puzzle. But I think it's also that people get involved with it and they realize, and this is one thing with threads specifically, but really it applies to all social platforms. But they sign up and they realize they have to put in that time, energy, and effort again to build that community, to engage with that community. <clears throat> and quite honestly, Kim, where most people not drop the ball, but where pe- most people fall off with their with their social media is that engagement piece because it truly takes time. Now on threads, it seems like that is holding and people are still continuing to engage. The people that are active threads users day in and day out are getting a lot of engagement. The people that are hit and miss, they're there one day and then five days later they come back and they're like, well, I'm not getting any engagement. Well, no kidding. <laughs> it's the same on any social platform. It doesn't mean that you have to post every day, but you have to be active and engaging. So it'll be interesting to see how Threads plays out as well as, you know, the name change with Twitter to X and, and everything else. It's it's a constantly evolving landscape. Yeah. You know what? We need to have you on. Let's do a Threads episode. Oh, that'd be awesome. We can spend the whole episode <laughs> no, that would be awesome. <laughs> now, I would like to do that. We need to plan for that. But that's not the topic for today. The topic for today is to is to interview you, of course, mm-hmm. and to celebrate the milestone of 400 episodes. And if you stop and, and think about that, and it's funny because I've been at this long enough to say I listened to podcasts the first time they became popular. <laughs> several years ago. And it was funny because they kind of leveled off for a while. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're back now. It's more pandemic. The pandemic, the pandemic really drove a lot of the popularity of podcasts and audio networks and things like that. But my point being is I was starting down this point that I was trying to make is 400 episodes is quite a milestone. I think a lot of people that start podcasts, it's the stick to itiveness that falls off. So 400 episodes is incredible. And I guess the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about that many episodes is, one, 
Why did you start the Author to Authority podcast? And give us some of that background as to not only why, but you know, was the burning desire in you that you wanted to to bring this to the masses? Well, there were several reasons I started the podcast. Um, first of all, I love to teach and train. So when I when I was a child, my goal was to become a music teacher, oh. and unofficially did when my kids were little because I spent seven years volunteering in my kids' school teaching music, but. I love to teach and train. Even as an entrepreneur, my heart was, I want to help people and I want to teach and train them. That's how I got into writing books. I didn't necessarily want to become an author, but it was a great medium for me to teach and train people. I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was in network marketing at the time, direct sales, and I wanted to make tools that my team could use to help mm-hmm. them build their businesses. And books was a great way to do it because I could hand them a book, they could read the book. You know, I didn't have to be personally involved with them reading the book, but then they could come to me and ask questions and we could put together a game plan so that they could implement the things that they had learned in the book. So that's how I started publishing Uh books. And so back in 2019, one of my clients was a podcast specialist. And so all this time I'm watching him on his podcast, you know, we're talking about podcasting in his book. I'm listening to him and I'm going, Oh, maybe this is something I should do. <laughs> now, to be audience on the audience, and I've said this before, I'm not the hugest podcast person. Like I, I'm mm-hmm. a visual medium. Like one of the reasons I'm a publisher is because I love books. That makes sense. But the more he talked about podcasts, the more I recognized that it was a medium that entrepreneurs love to use. So, you know, if if you're, you know, a consultant, a professional, a speaker, mm-hmm. when you're looking at getting that visibility, you can't mm-hmm. just pick the mediums that you like. Or that you're comfortable with. Yeah. And so, and because this gentleman was my client, basically, I got a lot of it for free. I gave him a bit oh, of a nice. discount on the book. We traded off some some things. And he he set everything up for my podcast. I didn't have to set anything up. And he also showed me systems on how to use the podcast and monetize it right from the very start. So I was really fascinated with this because it was something I could do. I was doing Toastmasters at the time. So mm-hmm. my speaking abilities had increased substantially. Mm -hmm. I felt way more comfortable in front of a (laughs) microphone. And I thought, you know what? Let's go for it. Why not? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yes. The impulsive one. I'm the impulsive entrepreneur that says, hey, that's cool. Let's just do it. We'll figure out all the problems later. That's right. (laughs) Well, (laughs) well, that's that's a hallmark of a a good entrepreneur in in my opinion, is sometimes we're wrong, sometimes we're right, sometimes we're completely off base. And I think one of the appeals of podcasting is just like the different social platforms, we all consume content differently. Mm-hmm. For for some people, they literally, their entire day as they're doing other stuff, they have YouTube videos playing. That's how they consume content. They're, they're video first. Other people are, you know, voracious readers. Whether it's a book, whether it's a magazine, whether it's a publication, white paper, they read the printed word more than anything else. But more and more, 
you're right, the pandemic pushed this a lot, but more and more people are using audio because it's a way for them to consume the content while they're doing a lot of other tasks. Typically for me, on my typical day, as I'm working and doing other things, whatever that may be, I have my headphones in. I'm listening to a variety of podcasts, you know, on, on different topics. And it, it, to me, it's a much more efficient way mm -hmm. of consuming content for people that are publishing podcasts or maybe even looking to start a podcast. It's a way to reach people where they live, so to speak. They may not always be on LinkedIn. They may not always be on threads or, or YouTube, but you know, the podcast, the great thing about that is they can consume that content literally anywhere. Yeah. So I think it's a medium that lends itself to that. Yeah. Yeah. I so agree. I so agree, John. And, and that was one of the reasons why I, I decided to do it. I mean, mm -hmm. I, to be honest, I got into it not realizing how much work a podcast is. <laughs> you know, and in it's the funny you say that. <laughs> in the beginning, yes. you know, my client was doing all the background work. Exactly. It was easy. I just recorded the episodes, uploaded yep. them. I was done. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I think <laughs> and I think really that's also a a good way to describe just social media, digital mm -hmm. media in general. It's easy to get into, just like podcasting. It's tough though to put in the work and to keep it going and to consistently produce that product. I always tell people, and I think you and I may have this as part of our conversation, and you know, it's definitely a conversation that that I had with our mutual friend Mike Garrison, who introduced us, and who is, you know, while this is streaming live, is sending me smart aleck text messages. But when you decide to start a podcast, it's like deciding to start a YouTube channel or publish blog articles. You need to decide on the frequency. Yeah. That works for you. Maybe it's weekly, maybe it's monthly. You know, there's some people out there in the podcast world, the larger names that are publishing two or three podcasts a week. And I'm like, well, yeah, they have an entire staff behind them. They just sit down and talk with what it was prepared for them. So mm -hmm. they're doing the easy part. But for an entrepreneur or for a brand, they have to stop and think, how can I sustain this long term? Yeah. And it's a testimony to to you and your organization, the fact that we're sitting here talking about 400 episodes, because a lot of people never get to that point. They either start trailing off or it just gets to be too much of a commitment that they cannot keep that going you know, for long term. So I think that's something for people to really to really think about. If they're going to launch something like a podcast or even a YouTube channel, think long term. That's why, you know, don't put all your time, energy, and effort into making it exactly perfect. Put that time, energy, and effort into delivering a good product, but planning long-term because yeah. otherwise you're going to die out after a while. So, well, I mean, the first three years of the podcast, I mean, the first year was somewhat consistent, but definitely mm -hmm. years two and three inconsistent. So, I mean, there was times I took a few <laughs> months off there because I couldn't, yeah. I was now doing everything myself and I didn't have mm -hmm. money and, you know, my life was falling apart. <laughs> and, uh, that, that's why we have best of episodes <laughs> when life happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but last year, after moved to Nova Scotia, got through the hurricane, got settled in Nova Scotia, <laughs> was starting to rebuild the business again. I really took a, another look at podcasting and mm -hmm. 
I had decided, you know, I'd already invested a lot of time in it, but it was time to really take massive action. And so that's when I went to three episodes a week and I made a commitment to myself. And I, I think November, December, I think it was mostly three episodes a week, but from mm-hmm. January 2023, it has been consistently three episodes a week and not an episode has been missed because this is the year to take massive action. Well, good for you. Good for you. Well done. Uh, speaking of episodes and other than present company being excluded, um, talk about out of 400 episodes, what are some of the favorite guests that you've had on the show? And and explain why, just for, for the audience. Well, going back to the beginning, mm. I had Bob Berg on. He was my first mm-hmm. guest episode. Please, well, you can't actually access it anymore because I lost the first 88 and they haven't all been reposted yet. But yeah. <clears throat> I probably won't repost that episode, though I probably should because it wasn't. You should. On my end, it wasn't all that good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay because we all start from somewhere. So first of all, I mean, I love Bob Burke. He is a mm-hmm. is a dear man, amazing, you know, mentor, teacher, and all that. But you know, when I interviewed him, I didn't. I knew him well enough to ask him to be on my show, but I didn't mm-hmm. really. And I I was so nervous, and I couldn't think of questions to ask him. <laughs> and I I didn't print out the questions that he he had sent to me. And I'm trying to mm-hmm. do this off the cuff. And he had just ended up carrying the whole episode <laughs> for me. <laughs> so it was a 100% Bob episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm like, that's so awesome. And I kept saying that. I'm like, I got to think of something else to say. <laughs> that's uh, a, you know, that's um, is a good guess, though. yeah. Well, you know, some of the people I've had on are not necessarily famous, but they are incredible people. Um, Ram Nayar, that was in the first series as well. And I am going to repost his up. Actually, I'm going to do a new episode with him. He's a client of mine, but he's a Canadian Olympic coach. Cool. And so his was on fearlessness. I have had so many over the years uh, that you after 400 episodes, you kind of mm-hmm. lose, lose track. But mm-hmm. I, I can't always tell you names, but here here are the elements of my favorite episodes, and, and they're all the same. Okay. First of sense. all, it was a wonderfully engaging conversation. Right. Which, there, there was back and forth. We were kind of feeding off of each mm-hmm. other. Sometimes it went in unexpected directions. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, those were the type of episodes where I'm like, I came out of thinking, oh, that's such a good episode. Like <laughs> our conversations, John, are like that. Mm-hmm. When you and I talk, we feed off each other. We go back mm-hmm. and forth. You know, it's an engaging conversation. Lots of I was questions. just getting ready to say it, it's engaging instead yeah. of just hosting guests. And, and we've all heard podcasts like this and we've heard interviews like this to where you can tell that the only thing that they're doing is reading a question and the other person's answering. There's none There's none of that back and forth. There's none of that, okay, we start on this topic, and then we go six lanes down the road into different topics. But to me, that, that that's not just a, a sign of a, a great host or a great guest. It's that engagement of literally having a conversation in the back and forth piece. And to me, as a listener, that's what's going to keep my attention. If it's just somebody sitting there talking for 15 minutes, 
after about five minutes, I'm probably going to move on to another episode because people want that back and forth, that engagement piece of it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And, and to be honest, like most guests I have, you know, a lot of them send me the questions ahead of time that they well, sure. know, generally get it's asked for part mm-hmm. of their media kit or whatever. Do you know what? Mm-hmm. I never look at them. <laughs> really? That I is interesting. To ask the questions that they get asked all the time. I want to know the stuff that they don't tell on other podcasts. Uh, oh, okay. No, that makes sense. I no, want that, to do that, like, deep dive. I want the good mm-hmm. juicy. I've actually had a few people tell me, they're like, Cam. Like you pulled stuff out of me. I never thought I would say publicly, <laughs> not in a bad way, but just don't want the fluff. Like, I don't want the fluff that you share all the, no, sorry. Well, it's not fluff. I don't want the generic material that you share right. all the time. Like let's, <clears throat> let's go deep. Let, into well, your story. It can also be, it can also become or come across, I guess, as too rehearsed. Yeah literally does sound like a rehearsed interview and you have to guard against that because there again i think personally that's a way to turn off your audience if it's too rehearsed and it's just a litany of questions and answers it really doesn't it doesn't bring out anything that quite honestly if i wanted to take the time to do it you know your guest is Bob Smith and he does this. Well, I could probably find out everything about Bob Smith by doing like a Google search. And if it's just that generic type question and answers, it doesn't get into anything. You know, it doesn't get into what are you passionate about and why? You know, the things that a lot of times that people just just overlook. And, you know, with with having something, a commitment like you've had with the podcast here, you know, talking about as far as your favorite guests. Does one particular episode stand out to you as in to my dying day, I'm always going to remember that episode. And and if so, obviously I want to know why that episode stands out, but I also would like to know as far as the guest in that episode, do they feel the same way about it? <laughs> and I know that you may not John, know that yours specifically. Actually one of those episodes. That's why you were chosen as the top 25. <laughs> um, <laughs> One of the ep- episodes when you that way that stands out is Jason Barnard. And uh, he was talking about, you know, what happens when people Google your name and, mm-hmm. you know, what shows up and, and could be done about it. And, and it mm-hmm. was, it was such an engaging conversation. And, you know, one of the things that, that uh, I remember was just something I had never heard before. You know, when you do a podcast and, you know, you're always talking about sales and marketing and all of these things, mm-hmm. um, most of the time, what the what the guests share, I've heard before. Mm-hmm. And oh, it sure. might be put, makes sense. put in a really unique way, which is amazing. But it's not but, new information necessarily. Yeah. But Jason's mm-hmm. that one, that episode caught me off guard because I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about Google. And then he gets into it and I'm like. I was like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, I've never, I've never heard this before. So that was one of the episodes. And actually his was chosen as one of the top 25 too. So his episode was right after yours. So mm-hmm. go back to episode 396, <laughs> listen to John's and then go to episode 397 and listen to Jason's. Cause fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and when the, to me, when the podcast host is learning something 
and mm-hmm. that comes through on the podcast, I think that also helps validate to the listener, mm-hmm. not just the podcast host, but the guest. Yeah. And it's funny because the the whole you know reputation and what happens if, if you search for yourself. I, I remember years ago when I first got into doing this, my colleague and I here in Southwest Virginia, we actually had weekly meetup groups that was my colleague and I and local business owners, professionals that literally just wanted to get together and learn more about this new thing called social media yeah. and how to use it. <clears throat> One thing that we always, and I always told people is, you know, Google yourself, your name and and especially if you have a unique name that makes it even more interesting and see what comes back. Set up Google alerts for your name to where if it appears somewhere, you'll get a notification. And it's, ama- it's amazing even to this day that people don't do a lot of that type of research on themselves mm-hmm. or loved ones or family members or whatever the case may be. And I've got uh, someone that works with me that she even went through, and this switches over more to the business side. She even went through some training classes with Google as far as reputation management for their Google My Business mm-hmm. listings and how to keep it not only secure, but also how to respond to negative reviews. And when you stop and think about that, it takes on a whole new era as far as thinking about, okay, not only am I out here on social and I'm trying to present myself and I'm trying to present my brand, what is happening behind the scenes that I don't see that I would only see if I start searching my name and searching for my brand and searching for this and finding out what's literally out there. So I can see why that was very memorable because that's something that more and more people need to take seriously and and do for themselves. Yeah. Like one thing that because, you know, people, they Google me, right? So one of the things I've been hearing and I'm going to have to deal with is those MLM books that I wrote, you know, 10, 12 years ago. Hmm. They still generally tend to show up fairly high in my really? Google search. And the thing is, that's not who I am anymore. <laughs> so people get confused because yeah. they're like, well, I saw your MLM books. Are you an MLM? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I'm not. So as much as, you know, those books, well, okay, those books don't bring in a lot of sales and that. It's not like, you know, right. I'm bringing $1,000 a month, but I'm it's actually going to have to contact Kindle Direct Publishing and mm-hmm. ask them to remove them because yeah. they're they're affecting my Google Rankings. my Google presence. And when, and when you're searched. Yeah, and it's not that I want to remove them because they, they are good books, but, you know, it's, it's not who I am anymore. And I just kept them up there because they're helpful books for anybody in MLM and direct mm-hmm. marketing. And, you know, I still have a heart for those people because I spent sure. time in that, <laughs> in that industry. But now it's starting to affect, you know, my current business. So I'm going to have to call, the, not call, but contact KDP and say, listen, I mm-hmm. need those books removed. Yeah. And that way it'll eventually start lowering those in the rankings to where they don't show up immediately yeah. on a search, which makes sense. Smart yeah. Well, talking about episodes and guests, have you ever had anyone that would be considered a famous personality or a famous person? Well, the, the most famous person was Bob Berg. Okay. He was he was the most famous one that I've, <laughs> that that I've had on the show. To be honest, I mean, I feel like most of my guests should be famous people because <laughs> they are. Because of true. what they bring to the table. 
they are true authorities in what they do, right? And I'm like, oh man, if the world just knew, if the world well, that's just true, <laughs> that's a good point. Well, you're you're 400 episodes in, and I know consistency is a big piece of the puzzle or a big portion. What in in your mind has been the hardest thing about doing the podcast? Is it the is it that consistency and longevity, or is it getting guests, or is it something completely different? Getting guests is easy. Okay. Um, I mean, and and this is what every podcast person suffers from. So, but you know, getting all the work done behind the scenes that that is okay. hard. But I think one of the hardest things about this medium is is mm-hmm. I don't get a lot of feedback. So I'm oh, not okay. I'm not hearing from the audience. I'm not hearing what it is that they want, mm-hmm. or I'm not being congratulated on mm-hmm. it. And you know, like one of these personality types is like I want to reach a goal. I want it mm-hmm. to be acknowledged. I want it. And to you be want to get the congratulations? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And and so, I mean, it's not that I do it for the feedback and mm-hmm. I will continue doing it even if I never get feedback. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the harder things for me is the fact okay. that, you know, there is, it's not like when you work a job. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not that most managers are good, but you know, you get at least get a raise if, if you've done right. a, you know, a half decent job, right. Or, or if mm-hmm. you're part of a group or tribe and you do something, they're there cheering you on, right? You at least get an attaboy or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, you know, with this, it's it. Even though I'm interviewing guests, sometimes it feels very lonely mm-hmm. podcasting. Uh, but to me, it's still worth it. But I'm just being honest. That's the hardest part. So, audience, can you come on mm-hmm. LinkedIn? Send me a message. <laughs> just let me know that you like the podcast. Something, <laughs> anything. Uh (laughs) (laughs) well that that feedback well the feedback to anything that we're trying to accomplish whether we're you know consistently out there writing blog articles or we're out there consistently you know putting out video content whether it's short form or long form video or podcasting or anything of that nature that we do no matter what personality type we may be we still like that validation. We like that, hey, you did a good job. I enjoyed that article. That's a great take on the topic of the day, whatever. Uh, you know, great episode. And we we all want that. It's human nature. So I can see that. And in a medium where <clears throat> publishing, it's tough because you have the pressure to consistently publish and get out good content. But then you also have that pressure that you put on yourself or that we put on ourselves of making sure that it's the best product possible, but not getting that feedback saying, yes, it was good or, eh, or no, it wasn't good or whatever. And having that feedback is key. So that's a good point. That's a really good point. Now for, for you, Kim, what would you say? What, as far as what you get out of the podcast, and I'm not necessarily saying, you know, new clients or pieces of business, but what is it that you get out of the podcast? What results excite you, at least from the podcast itself? Well, basically, I get a university-level education for free. That's a good point. A lot of the guests that I've had on the show, if I've had a problem or an issue and they're a specialist because I've let them on mm-hmm. the show, if I contact them, a lot of times they'll donate a free hour to me. 
because mm-hmm. I've done something for them. They'll donate a free hour. They really enjoyed the interview. It was a good interview. I made them really mm-hmm. shine. They'll give me a free hour of time and answer my questions and help me solve my problems. Interesting. That's a good so point. The network of people that I've been building through this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, that's very valuable to me. The relationships, mm-hmm. the relationships, the relationships with, with the guests on the show, mm-hmm. that, that has been something that I didn't expect. Yeah. Um, from the podcast, but so grateful for. Well, and I think the one thing that if there's one to me, one glaring thing as far as social media that people still, I can't believe I'm saying this in 2023, but that people still overlook is the value in those relationships. Yeah. And, and it's funny. I saw, and I've seen this meme, meme several times talking about how, you know, have you ever had somebody that you thought was a best friend betray you, but you feel closer to somebody that you've never met in person, but that you've talked to online for the past two years. And and it's kind of that, it's kind of that back and forth of, you know, we build these relationships virtually because let's be realistic, probably at a good 75, 90% of the time, we never meet the person face to face in real life as the saying goes, but we build these virtual relationships and we build this virtual network that in some ways provides more value than a in-person network without naming in any names. But to me, I think that is a point to hammer home is Mm -hmm. the fact that with doing this, you are connecting with these people that chances are you would have never known or never met. Definitely for the most part, you would have never run into them at a, uh, a local networking event because, you know, a lot of times they aren't local. So there's a value to that, that I think even today people overlook that. I mean, some of the, some of the people that are literally my longest friends that I engage with on a daily basis are people that either a I've never met face to face or that just, you know, they, they live far enough away that that probably would never happen anyway, but it doesn't discount the fact that I've gotten to know them very well. We've either done business together or we've talked business or we have something in common that furthers that friendship, furthers that, that relationship and I think it's something that, that even today people overlook that. So that's a, that's a val- valuable point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So has anything really funny ever happened on the show? <laughs> so or, well, should I say funny or should I say embarrassing? But no, let's go with funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I had things like the phone ring in the middle of recording episodes and it's kind oh, of yeah. hard to, mm-hmm. uh, I've had things drop. Yep. I've had I'm a fidgeter, like got mm-hmm. something going. And if, if you're listening to us on the podcast, on the video, I'm sitting twirling a hair elastic. A hair. <laughs> so sometimes these things are like metal and they drop and they make a big bang out of the middle of nowhere. Uh, sometimes I've had something, an external noise that you can't hear mm-hmm. because this is a directional microphone and I'll jump mm-hmm. yep. and people look at me. It's like, <laughs> wow, well, they didn't hear anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think some of the funniest moments in the podcast came with mm-hmm. the episodes between me and Juanita Wooden Radko. And mm-hmm. these are a lot of the older episodes. She was my co-host for probably at least a year or two. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Juanita, is she's been my best friend since I've been 14 years old. Wow. And awesome. 
So when we mm. talk sometimes, like, I mean, we just feed off each other like crazy. Mm-hmm. And, yep. you know, I know what she's going to say next. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes and, it's a good thing. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we had some really funny moments there where, you know, it was just one of these off the cuff things. And the two of us are just <laughs> got laughing mm-hmm. because. You know, we're just like that, right? And, uh, you know, one of my favorite episodes that her and I did together, uh, was it celebrating 30 or th- I think it was 35. We were mm-hmm. celebrating 35 years of friendship. So we did a whole episode on that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the episode was sharing embarrassing stories about each other. Of course. Other. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, I, uh, I come from a background. In in high school and a few times since then, as as a part time job, worked in radio as an on air announcer. Mm-hmm. And one thing it teaches you to do is try to remain or try to keep control of your composure when something else is happening around you. Luckily, <laughs> you know it was just audio. There wasn't wasn't video. But I mean, dating myself, but that's okay because I'm old. Back when I was working at a local radio station part-time when I was even still in high school and, and out of high school, I mean, we literally actually had 45 records. Uh, so there's nothing like being in there, hot mic, talking about something, and a stack of records behind you falls over. Or, you know, one of the other favorite things was because the way it was set up with the control board and the microphone, I mean, you could either stand like I'm doing now or you could sit. Well, if you were standing up and, and talking, the microphone had a habit of slowly descending <laughs> down. And, I mean, it, you know, it sounds like an old uh, Tim Conway sketch or comedian, comedian sketch where you're kind of sinking down as the microphone is going because you're still talking. You know, it kind of teaches you to, you know, ignore everything that's going on around you and focus on, on what you're talking about. And that is so incredibly hard to do so hard to do and it's funny that you should mention like something falling or a phone ringing you know since the pandemic and and a lot of people got used to being on zoom because they had to as they were working remotely i think we've all gotten a little better kind of mastering that focusing on what's in front of us and and avoiding the distraction of you know, something over here or avoiding the distraction of the dog or the cat that's getting ready to jump up on the laptop. And really, it's really funny because good thing about live video or like you know, a live streaming event like we're doing here that's turned into a podcast is you have things like that happen. And at least to me, that is kind of the human factor. It's not so polished and perfect. That, and right, so polished and perfect that nothing wrong ever happens. I mean, the my favorite podcasts are the ones that are just like what we're doing, having that conversation, the back and forth. You know, somebody, you know, may bust out laughing and can't can contain themselves. You know, they may drop something. I don't want something that's 100% perfect because then I know it's too produced and it's too rehearsed. So, or the go with the flow type person. <laughs> So so speaking of that, there was one episode, Tim Fitzpatrick, and I, I don't have my sheet, sheets right in front of me, so I can't tell you which episode number it was, but mm-hmm. we had to record that three times. Oh, my God. So the first two times, 
his internet kept dropping out so badly yeah. we couldn't do a full episode. You couldn't figure. Mm-hmm. We finished. couldn't. We couldn't pull enough pieces together to do the episode because we'd get like a minute and a half in or two minutes in, and in and the middle drop. of the word he would drop out. And so we we had to record it three times. Pete. Now That's it was worth it when we did because it was it was an amazing episode. But that was like it was like yeah. oh and, you know, anything we, worth doing you. <laughs> You have to have patience and keep going. <laughs> well, and even just having systems in place, like even in Ontario, we get mm-hmm. power outages, but here they're a little bit more unexpected. And so now I've got, you know, obviously my laptop has a battery, but I've got mm-hmm. got a UPS to, to keep the internet got the going. power back. Mm-hmm. Yep. You have to, to keep, keep the internet going so you can finish off whatever it is you were doing. You know, my husband mm-hmm. is back in school. He's got, he's gone mm-hmm. back to college and, Mm. He, they basically they don't do their exams online. They actually write their exams physically on paper, but they're on Zoom and they have to be sitting in such a way that the invigilator, which is the person that watches you write an exam, mm-hmm. could see everything they were doing. So that way you can't cheat. <laughs> yeah, ten yep. minutes before the exam ended, we completely lost power. I heard the line snap outside. Oh. The house. Oh, it was a big boom and it snapped off the house and the mm. power was gone. So, and we didn't have the UPS or anything. My mm-hmm. husband is not happy. He's trying to run out, get the generator going, get it all yep. hooked up. We realized we didn't have the house is set up. So it's got a pony panel. So mm-hmm. the whole basement, and I think there's like one or two outlets upstairs, mm-hmm. are powered off this pony panel. But not here in my office. But not in your office area. Where the internet was. So he got the power all back on, still didn't have internet. He had to think. So then he had to run cables into my office to get power so he could get back online. And he's thinking, Mm. oh, man, I failed. They're going to fail me. (laughs) Because, you know, he could have been cheating the whole time, right? That's true. He did did warn the teacher that, you know, we were having a pretty bad winter storm and there was a chance the power would go out. But, you know, one of the things that I think is important in podcasting is authenticity and integrity. And Mm -hmm. the reason I'm mentioning this is because my husband walks in integrity. And because he does, Mm -hmm. when he finally got back online, the invigilator had already contacted his teacher. And his teacher said, you know what? Don't worry about Ross. He will not cheat. And so they accepted his exam. Well, that's good. But, you know, I think when it comes to podcasting, too, you know, integrity is important. Producing a good, <clears throat> honest show. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that's not professional. It doesn't mean that, you know, you can't, it can't be hard hitting or any you of those can. things. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, when you're podcasting, you have to be authentic. You know, yeah. I could go into my professional voice and go into, you know, my, my interviewer mode mm-hmm. and, and all these things, but it's not it's engaging. Not to- well, it's not engaging, and really, that's not what people want to hear. They, they want to hear, at least in my opinion, they want to hear a conversation. They want to hear two people, again, that engaging, that back and forth, having a conversation. And I think that's what sets apart good podcasts and something what well, sets apart good podcasts from mediocre podcasts. And I think the engaging back and forth is the key to all of it, quite honestly. Yeah. Well, as we're heading to to wrap this up, which is this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> what's what's the one thing, if you can narrow it down to one thing, what's the one thing that you would like to 
leave people with, either about your business, about the podcast, about your experiences, whatever the case may be. What's the one thing that you would like to to leave them with? You know, when I when I do um, keynotes and and other different things like that, or mm-hmm. people ask me for that final thought, I always go back to one thing: don't be afraid to shine in your business. Don't be afraid to be visible. If you want to build your business quicker, the more visible you are, the quicker you build your business. Mm -hmm. Because you let people in, you let them see you, you let them be a part of your world. You give them a tremendous amount of value. And guess what? They're going to want to work with you, right? So don't be afraid to shine. That's true. And we connect with people. We don't connect and we don't we don't connect with brands like we connect with people if yeah. if you see if you identify someone as that authority mm-hmm. to play off of uh your business author to authority you're more likely to listen to them pay attention to them and want to continue that connection with them and that's something that brands can never duplicate that's why a lot of times when when we talk with business owners, we, we try to encourage them, you know, for your brand, someone has to be the face of that brand. And it doesn't mean that they have to have a video or their picture out there on every piece of content that they put out. That's not the point. The point is, is people will connect more with that face of the brand than they will with a logo. And I think it's important for people to realize that because if not kind of get lost in the sea of other content that is out there from brand A, brand B, brand C. You know, that's why a lot of people, a lot of brands use brand ambassadors, influencers, things like that to represent them. And it's not just to have access to those influencers, social accounts. It's the fact that you're getting someone to be the face of your brand that people will connect with. So I think that's really important. Good point. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. And, and, and here's the other thing. You might suck at first. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, as much as I should release those first 10 episodes, there's a part of me that doesn't want to because... You really need to. Yeah. You really need to. I will. Do a special segment for the show <laughs> where I'll release them. When I get time besides, you know, putting out three <laughs> episodes a week. Um, but the thing is, just remember is that you're not going to be great at something when you start it. You won't. You know, okay. I was not great when I started this podcast. And it's only been in the last hundred, really hundred or so episodes. Did you really find your footing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and people have commented, guests have commented on my interviewing skills and how oh, great I am how at interviewing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that was 300 episodes in. <laughs> well, and if you, uh, yeah. You know, for an example, if you have a favorite YouTuber that you that you love to to watch their videos, go to their videos tab and go back to the beginning. You will be shocked at the difference. And you're right. There's a good chance that you'll suck at first, but it's putting in that work, putting in the consistency. If if you don't like being on camera, nobody does except people that are paid very well for it, and even they probably don't. But you have to work through that to get your message out and to keep engaging with people. So, you know, from, from my standpoint, I would encourage anyone that sees this to, to subscribe to your podcast, Mm -hmm. to the author to authority podcast, not only subscribe, but leave a review and 
you know, a lot of people overlook that. A lot of people don't remind their listeners to do that. But leaving a review, even if it's just the, you know, five stars, that makes a difference to the podcast. It makes a difference to people finding the podcast. So I would encourage everyone to do that as well. But this has been fun, Kim. This has been a good time. Thank you. So just to give you guys a little sneak peek of what's coming up, uh, John and I are talking about doing a weekly show together on LinkedIn. Awesome. So, we yeah. probably will publish some of those episodes on the podcast as well. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I so think it'll we'll, be fun. We'll, we'll do some bonus episodes. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good plan to me. Plan to me. Stay tuned. Uh, well, this has been a longer than usual episode, audience. But That's thank great. you for joining us and celebrating the fourth hundred episode. I can honestly yes. that it is a joy, a privilege, and an honor to be able to serve you in this way and to give you information that you need that's going to help you move your business forward. So this has been John Lusher and Kim Thompson Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. If you loved it, shout. And we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to the Author to Authority podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time. <laughs>